You want me to steal second base? <laughs> check, check. One, two. Hey, it's on. Praise the Lord. Uh, good morning, everybody. Happy uh, Palm Sunday today. Uh, today's the day where we celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Um, you'll notice some people have been equipped with, uh, with leaves to wave. Um, you're welcome to wave them at any point in the service, but particularly for um, the song, couple, first couple songs that we'll play in a few minutes here. Um, really, any time is fine, honestly. <laughs> anyway, we're glad you're here. Why don't you make your way towards the seats, and uh, once you've uh, find, found a seat that's comfortable, stand up from it, and we'll all start with the doxology, as we always do. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye. Please take a seat for a moment. Welcome this morning. Let's give these guys a hand. Wasn't that great? Good to see you girls up here. Okay, he's glad to have you. Sounding beautiful. Uh, a couple of announcements as we get rolling. Uh, Holy Week is starting today with Palm Sunday. We are anticipating this week ahead of us, and we have a full schedule of events for Holy Week. So we will um, do this year our Maundy Thursday service um, this Thursday at 6 o'clock. Uh, weather pending, it will be outside in the courtyard. We'll have a, a kind of Mediterranean meal like we always do, a time of fellowship, a time of singing, uh, just to be together and hang out. Um, no, no foot washing this year, sort of part of the COVID protocol, but still would love for you to be a part of that service. I, I was telling someone earlier that for most people, they say that's their favorite service all year. So looking forward to doing that again this year. That is Thursday for Maundy Thursday, 6 o'clock in the courtyard. Then the next night, uh, Friday, Good Friday, we will have a service up here. Uh, again, 6 o'clock here in the gym, inside, somber reflection on uh, the crucifixion of Christ. Very special, very meaningful service, so hopefully you guys can be here for those uh, 6 o'clock both nights. And then Easter, we'll have two services here in the gym. We will have a 7 a.m. sunrise service. So if you've been here before with the sunrise service, we open up these garage doors. Uh, we, we watch the sun come up together. Beautiful service on uh, Easter morning, and then we will have a 10 a.m. service at our, at our typical service time, 10 a.m., up here in the gym, uh, and we are doing baptisms that day, too. So I know several people have already contacted us about baptisms. If you are interested in being baptized or have questions about baptism, please email the church office. We will reach back out to you. Uh, someone will meet with you and kind of walk you through that process, answer any questions that you may have. And then following the 10 a.m. service on Easter Sunday, uh, we're going to have a catered meal, uh, so please stick around. If you, and if you came to the 7 a.m. service, you can come back after the 10 a.m. You can have uh, a meal with us. There's going to be Easter egg hunt. There's going to be a bouncy house and all kinds of things happening. So hopefully you guys can be here for that. And, and, and if you are coming for the meal, um, then you're welcome to bring a dessert. So the, the meal will be catered, but you're welcome to please uh, bring a dessert. 
Also, we're just encouraging you, there's going to be a lot of new people, uh, God willing, here that will worship with us on Easter morning. So just be really intentional about uh, connecting with new people. If you see people that you don't know, introduce yourself. Uh, a lot of people have been worshiping online for a long time. You may forget that some of these people you've actually gone to church with for years. You may have forgotten their names. Go up to them, say hi, make the connection. I'm glad to see some people even now out and about again. So I'm very thankful for that. Um, also, one more uh, bit of announcement. I don't think we have this on the screen, but uh, if you are a community group leader or a community group host, meaning you are hosting a community group in your house, then we're going to have training there for you on April 24th. So I'm just kind of putting the bug in your ear. April 24th, uh, that's a Saturday group leader, host leader training uh, up here at the church. Uh, de more details to follow in terms of times uh, and, and other details. So if you have questions about that, you can email us, but you'll probably see a slide in the next week about uh, specific details, but April 24th is the day. Why don't you guys stand with me? We're going to read scripture together from the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 21. This is Palm Sunday. This is a holy day, the inauguration of Holy Week. And the writer Matthew, he tells this story here in Matthew 21. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had directed them. And they brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. And most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and all that followed him were shouting out, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this man? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. God, we remember that sacred moment this morning. God, as you entered into the city, God, on your way to the cross, knowing what was ahead, even as they're shouting Hosanna over you, God, you knew. You knew what you had come for, what you were about to give up, about to sacrifice for us. So God, I pray that as, as we uh, begin to set our minds and our hearts, uh, even this week on Holy Week, as we consider uh, these special days, God, we would remember this moment. God, that we would sing out, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But God, we would remember too the cross. We would know this path that you're on, this path that you went on for us to save us, to redeem us, to buy us back. God, to secure our forgiveness, to give us life with you forever. So God, help this, help this week for us uh, be set apart, be unique. Help us to be thoughtful this week. Draw us into your word, draw us into prayer, and draw us into these communal rhythms of worship on Thursday and Friday and on Easter Sunday as we celebrate the resurrection together. God, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
you and thank you that you have come amongst us. And so we pray, come and have your way amongst us. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. May your spirit fall on this place to convict our hearts, to give us joy in that repentance that we would turn to you in this Easter Sunday when we remember what you've done for us.
Lord, already we've been able to taste and you are good, to see and hear that you are good. And so, Lord, um, our hearts are being refreshed, um, our minds are being renewed. And so, Lord, we thank you for your presence among us today. We worship you and we honor you. Lord, as we rehearse ancient stories, may they be our blessing for today and our glory for tomorrow. And so, Lord, we, uh, we look to you in these moments for strength, encouragement, and the joy of our salvation. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And you may be seated. John 10, 11. And Jesus says, as he walks the world with his disciples, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd. He is the great shepherd. You know, God could have done things in any number of ways, right? But God chose to bring about salvation for all of us by sending his son. I mean, think about this. God could have, in some ways, solved all of this in the heavenlies, right? I mean, there is, I'm sure God has a way. He could do anything that he wanted. But God chose to send his son to the earth. God could have chosen to give us a whole list of good recommendations for how to live our lives. It's kind of a, a blueprint, uh, uh, axioms that would help us that we would live a better life today, that we wouldn't do foolish things, right? He could have done that, but he didn't. God chose in his infinite wisdom to come himself and walk this earth and to serve a people who rejected him as a good, as a great shepherd. This is, this is our God's way. He comes to be with his people. He comes in the flesh to be with his people. This is a grace. We don't have some distant God who is in some kind of, of, of grand room up in the sky who doesn't know us. He's come in the flesh to walk among us. And as he walked among us, he, he didn't walk separately. He didn't build himself a place even here on earth in which to some way distance himself from his people, but he calls himself a shepherd, a good shepherd that walks with his sheep, which of course is not a great word for you and me, right? But an accurate description of who we are, ones who wander, one who needs to be led. And we find ourselves in such a way, we, we need to be led. We need help getting through this life. Amen. And so Jesus comes and he says, now there's one who will 
There are those who will come into the, the sheep gate and they will come through all kinds of entrances. And the goal is for them to take the sheep for themselves, to plunder the sheep, to take whatever is value there and to spoil it. But not the good shepherd. The good shepherd walks with his sheep and takes them from pasture to pasture. He protects his sheep. He is among his sheep. He even has to smell like his sheep. Amen. And he is willing to do that because the God that we serve is a, a God of love. He is a God who interacts with his people. He is not the great uh, clockmaker who has set the clock in motion and it's going to unwind itself, but he's with us. The great shepherd. If that wouldn't blow our minds enough, <laughs> Jesus, when he is about to leave, he passes this responsibility to his people to be shepherds. So you would think the first person that Jesus calls would be high class, educated, ready to go, set the, the prime example for all those to come. That would seem to make sense to me. But who does Jesus call as his first shepherd? He calls on Peter. We, we remember Peter in his many stories, don't we? This is Peter at the transfiguration. Man, God gives him insight into seeing the most glorious event that happens here on earth. And he sees, these, he sees the presence of the saints before and recognizes Jesus' place and headship over them. And it looks like things are going well for, for Peter, but he gets, he gets it wrong. He decides, let's just build a house here and worship forever right here. But see, this truth that was given to Peter was not meant for just Peter. It wasn't meant just for worship there. It was for Peter to take to you and me. Do you remember how Jesus calls Peter? After Peter has confessed that he would die on Jesus' behalf, it it wasn't 24 hours before he denied him three times. And then when Jesus returns and he's getting close to the ascension again, he, he meets with Peter and he asks Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, I love you. And Jesus says to him, then what? Feed my sheep. And then he asks him again, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Then feed my sheep. A third time, do you love me, Peter? Lord, you know all things. Then Peter, feed my sheep. Of all people, Jesus is, is reclaiming this man so that he might be for the ministry that Jesus had started. You go from good shepherd to really poor shepherd. But this is the redemption of our Lord. 
He is always taking broken things and ruined things and dirty things and he is redeeming them for himself. He is taking those foods that were unclean and he is making them clean. He is taking those who are lost and broken and he's fulfilling them and making them something they were never before. This is the redemption story of Jesus Christ. And so it, it, it shouldn't surprise us. Not only is he doing that for eternal salvation and, per, and present fullness, but it's his way that he deals with his people. So now he hands off this ministry that he has on earth and he gives it to his people so that they are shepherds in turn. Yes, yes. Shepherds that have to be redeemed. And shepherds who have lives that are incongruous with the things of God, and he does something with that. Isn't that, isn't that a glorious story? And he doesn't leave us by ourselves, right? He, he's gonna, he is leaving us the Holy Spirit, but then he also gives us hands and feet of shepherds that he calls to shepherd his people. And he is the good shepherd and the great shepherd, and he he develops and he makes these shepherds because he is physically not present with us, but he's not going to leave us alone. And because he's a, a redeemer kind of God, he's going to call out broken people to be those shepherds and they have a story to tell. So, you know, today is, is a day that is full for us in the life of redeemer. It is a mix of all kinds of things, Right. It's been a long year, but this is also the time which we, we celebrate Jesus' the beginning of his final week, the glorious entrance into Jerusalem, and we also are celebrating the glorious exit of one of our pastors. And so this is a, how do we feel about all that, right? It's a time of change. It's, it's a different day. As Trevor and I prepared uh, for this service, we, we got the idea, I'm going to lump you in on this, Trevor, um, that we would actually get a donkey with Justin on it. And he would come in and at the end of the service, he would go out. But I talked to Debbie and she says all the donkeys were rented for this weekend. So we had to pass. <laughs> that was the only problem we had with that plan. So it, it is a, a full time for us. Amen. But it's a great time to remember shepherds, isn't it? Yep. Our main text today comes from 1 Peter chapter 5. That was just the introduction. <laughs> 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. By the way, we're going to be in a series in 1 Peter after Easter. Uh, a series called A Holy Calling in hostile times. Whoa. So we'll be in 1 Peter for a little while after, uh, after Easter. Let me begin here in verse 1. Who's the author of this book? Peter. So I exhort the elders among you, as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. And this is his message. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. He's speaking to the shepherds. 
Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples of the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Isn't this great that this message is coming from Peter? Don't you think that Peter, as he is giving these commendations and commandments and encouragements, that as he's giving them, he is very aware of his life in ministry and his need for a redeemer. In this passage, he's, he's commending the place of leaders, of elders in the church. He's commanding the elders on their role in the church and encouraging them in their work. Peter's great to share this, this, this message. He is a, a confessor. He's the first one who says that Jesus is the Christ, Son of God. And then Jesus has to turn around and rebuke him right after that. He is the one who witnesses the transfiguration. He is the loyalist who denies the Lord. He, he's the one who gives up on the shepherding. Do you remember that? And Jesus then says, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than your old way? And he commissions him then as the first shepherd. And so as we come to this passage today, we, we are thinking about the good shepherd and we're thinking about his, uh, the shepherds that, that God is calling. And this too is a great picture of redemption that God would use the, the men in this church as elders in the church. That he would use them as shepherds. That is a picture of redemption. Because all of us have a story. All of us uh, are, are, are those lost sheep that need a great shepherd. And that God would use us in this ministry is a picture of God's grace and redemption. It is a picture of the good news. Paul, uh, Peter speaks to the shepherds and then he, he tells them to feed the sheep, to shepherd the sheep, to exercise oversight. And in that oversight, is that as you're caring for the sheep, you should do it without compulsion, but voluntarily. So there, I, I've seen this happen many times. You might get a group of people and there would be one person who, or two people who are either having, who demonstrate good leadership skills or uh, they are willing to, to work for the church. And so many people say, well, you ought to, they're kind of voluntold, voluntold. have you heard that before? They're kind of voluntold, like, uh, you're the one, because I don't want to do it. <laughs> and so in, in these moments, Peter is writing a, 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 to a church in Asia, to the, churches in Asia that are under persecution. These are hostile times for them. And in those hostile times, when you are in need of leadership, you're in need of someone to, to help you get through this, to provide direction for the church, he says, now, I don't want you to accept this responsibility because everybody else thinks it's a good idea. You should do it because 
the Father has commanded you because he has placed on your heart. You should do it because you are being led, not under compulsion, not because other people are trying to get you to do it, not because you figure you look around and there's nobody else to do it. And so you got to be the one to step up. You do it because it is a calling of God. Not for perverse reasons, for sordid gain. But when you do it, you should do it with eagerness. Uh, oftentimes, the, the pastorate is, uh, is something that, uh, for, for paid staff, it is oftentimes uh, not, you could be doing other things. Financially, it's not always the most helpful. I think about especially our pastors in Kenya as they, they serve and as they go and visit people. There is an expectation when the pastor comes that he is going to provide some blessing, prayer, and that he would see their need in some way respond. So you have these pastors who are giving of their time, not able to work, but when they enter in your house, they're expecting you to give them something and care for them as sheep. That's a complicated situation. So if you are in it for sordid gain, this is not going to be a great job. There are some who can make lots of money. But if you're in it for the gain, you should pass. And as the work of ministry oftentimes doesn't bear you fruit, or as it costs you something, he's telling the shepherds, still do it with eagerness. Not domineering, but as examples to the flock. This word, uh, examples, to the flocks, that, that, that's the, in Greek, it's the word tupos. And you can, if you kind of think, think what that word is spelled like, it's the word type. We would kind of, we would transfer it as a type or an example. Another way that word tupos is used, not tupac, but tupos is used is it is an impression. It is like a stamp. And so our shepherds are to place a Jesus stamp in our lives. We should have a Jesus stamp on the life of Redeemer that comes from the work of our pastors, of our elders. Uh, we should have a, a Jesus stamp on our personal lives because of the work of the shepherds, the elders in the church. And as I thought about that, I began to look for the stamp that Justin has played specific, placed specifically on our church. Can you think of some of those things? How is the church different because of this shepherd, of Justin the shepherd? What mark has he placed on the church. I, I, had a, I had a lot of things that uh, I thought of and I, tr I tried to narrow it down. I remember when Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Do you remember that? And all these things will be added unto you. Justin, you have impressed on our church to seek him first, to seek the kingdom first. Amen. that our, our worship, our practice 
is not based on what is most efficient. It's not based on how to get more people in here. It's not based on saying things that make people really like us. Justin has placed a mark on our church that says Jesus is first. And so in our preaching, and you'll listen to the preaching of Justin, and, and I'm trying to follow along right behind him, is that Jesus has to be first. So if you leave this place and you feel, if you just feel better about yourself, you probably didn't come to Redeemer. Because when we come to worship, if Jesus is not glorified, if our Lord is not glorified, then we have wasted your time. And so Justin kept that press on us, right? I think that's the mark of our church. Like you're going to hear something about Jesus and it's not going to be just about how Jesus can make your life better. But it's going to be, can we worship Jesus together? Let's talk about what he has done. This redemption story, let's rehearse it again. How does the gospel affect all of our lives? Jesus first. He's the first in our lives. He's the first in what we, how we worship. And, and as we would swerve left or right from that, Justin was calling us back to, but we have to be lifting up Jesus every service. And so we, we see that impression of Jesus first. And some of you have seen it as he cared for you as a shepherd, whether he came to you in the hospital room or, or you had a back porch time with him. Some of y'all had some back, back porch times with Justin. And in those times, you're sharing your lives together, but it was Jesus first. We are coming together, not, not for the, the sake of, just being friends, but because Jesus is our Savior. There's, there's some, some of this, that, some of the things that you don't get to see as we, well, as we learn how the sausage is really made. You've heard that expression? Like what church is really like? Like what's happening behind the scenes? And, and I, I want to tell you, uh, being an elder in the church, I've been to lots of meetings before. I know of lots of pastors and deacons and how things work. I, and our elder meetings were great. Not, not everybody can say this about the elder meetings or their deacon meetings. I, I know uh, one, one church and the pastor's pretty rough. And the deacons, I think, are rougher than he is. And they can come to blows. They can come to blows in meetings. Yeah. We didn't, we never came to blows. Have you seen Brad? No, we, 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 we skipped that out right, right immediately. Uh, you, you see meetings where people are, uh, they want their, they have an agenda and they are just trying to figure out how to manipulate people to get their, their way. That's, that's very common. But as, Je as Jesus, see, look at that. I just called you Jesus, Justin. That's quite a compliment. So I know this may not seem very interesting to you, but in our elder meeting, let me tell you how the elder meeting goes. Justin calls us together and we meet and we, once we sit down, first thing we do is, is we read scripture together. And then we, he has some of the other elders pray over the scripture. 
And then we ask each other how they're doing it, and elders pray for each other. And then we do the financials, because you always got to do the financials. Uh, and then we talk about oversight of the church, where things are going on, what are the problems, what are the things we need to resolve, what are the things we need to look forward to, how do we plan, all those administrative things. And then there's a list at the end of praying for you guys and the things that are going on in your lives. And we pray, and the, the, the shepherds pray for the sheep. Now, you could say, oh, of course. Well, of course. But it's not of course to everyone. That's a real shepherd right there. Like, that's, that's how the shepherd should live. Not, not so, I mean, I've been to so many meetings, you jump into it, and you're just talking about how to solve all these problems, but you forget Jesus in the middle of it. To have Jesus in a meeting, that's something else. So, although Justin's leaving, we're going to keep his format, that's all right. Even as we have family meetings, and we call people to pray, and pray for each other, Justin was always leading us, let's not forget to have a time where we pray for each other. In our community groups, let's not, time, let's not forego praying for each other. You might just get caught up in all kinds of other things. But Jesus, I said it again, but Justin, <laughs> Justin was a good Jesus imitator, is a good Jesus imitator. We thank you for your example. Thank you, the, the mark is on our church. And you, and you go someplace else. Watch, if you go and visit another church and you listen to preaching, you're gonna, your ears are going to be very attuned. Like, wait a minute. They didn't really talk about Jesus like we talk about Jesus. And I, that's a mark of our brother. I'm thankful for that. Shepherds, shepherd the sheep, look over them, be an example to them, care for them. And finally, he says to the shepherds, Brad, Brad, Justin, says, I, just wait. When the, shepherd, when the chief shepherd appears, you will see the unfading crown of glory. Sometimes being a shepherd is lonely. Sometimes it's frustrating because we don't get to see the fruit of our labors. We have wandering sheep. Sheep uh, oftentimes who aren't appreciative. Some sheep who are appreciative and you wonder why they're so appreciative. But this is an encouragement to us. Peter's saying, look, I, I've been in the presence of Jesus. Look, guys, I, I, I've messed up. But now as you shepherd and things are going to go bad and good and lonely and, and, and well, all those things, be encouraged because when the chief shepherd appears, he has been watching you this whole time. And when he appears, you are going to receive the crown of glory. So we didn't see all the fruit that we wanted to. And some of it's still growing. But the chief shepherd's coming and expect him to say, well done. 
faithful servants. Because this is our God who is a God of redemption. He's a redeemer. And redeems people just like us, everyone. And so as examples, we are shown to be those who are fallen and the Lord lifts up. And that's the way for us all. And by the way, you could read that and go, the elders just get the crown of glory? Like, the good news is in 1 Peter 1, it says that we all receive this crown of glory. And he's just reminding us again, don't forget, don't forget. So church, don't forget. Continue to be faithful. Continue to live as, as we'll see in 1 Peter, he's telling us that we have to live at this holy calling in hostile times. Continue to be faithful. Remember his coming, remember his coming again. There'll be a, a day in which he comes, the chief shepherd who's been minding us this whole time. And when he, retu- when he returns, he places us with this crown of glory. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word that uh, refreshes, enlivens, gives us direction. We thank you for coming among us and knowing us and continuing to know us and shepherd us. Lord, we all are happy and hopeful recipients of this redemption. It feels good, Lord. We bless your name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.